Okay, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Outrun Show. I'm Travis. I'm Jesse. Justin. And today we are talking a little bit about Cyberpunk. The new uh, video game is out. We've been playing it. We can talk a little bit about those goodies, our brand, and sort of our vision and relationship to um, the future and our style of doing things. We talk a little bit about um, the idea of a pit in our new gym and the new gym aesthetic as well. Uh, Jesse tells a <laughs> um, death-defying tale of a date a gone story, wrong. A story the, of love. A story of love. And survival. <laughs> and survival in uh, the Colorado Rockies. Uh, and then we talk some kind of some inspiration. We feel like we need some energy right now in these times about our approach to um, the struggles of building a new gym in COVID and sort of how our, our history and how having strong partnerships uh affects that so all that and more on this inspiring and uh very uh, fun tales more fun tales on this episode aesthetically pleasing episode aesthetically pleasing <laughs> episode always aesthetically pleasing on the outrun show Supine. That's yeah. supine. Supine plank? I like the front like planks too. The supine plank. That's mm. the winner right there. <laughs> Eight hours every day. <laughs> Dude, I, so my upper back had this pain where it was the same as my lower back, where I like it can't move, I can't turn, sitting up really hurts. And I've never had it up there. And I, had, I didn't have any injuries. I was lifting heavy. I wasn't doing big jumps you're talking about like thoracic spine yeah it's like right mid back and uh and uh i talked to olaf he's like yeah i have that and he's like i think sometimes my theory is that i sleep in a bed that's too soft and i sink into it like that <laughs> mm. <laughs> and now i don't want to sleep on my back anymore because it lasted like a week where like, i don't believe olaf like sleeps a, in a bed <laughs> no if you like like so it's like so the only way i got out of that is i sleep on the floor and that's how i got out of my lower back pain was i had to sleep on the floor and just like Literally wake up 10 times a night, switch positions, sleep for 30 minutes, and roll over. So I found yeah. that the um, that, that type of pain both comes from and for me has been aided in doing row variations. Um, so mm. if you're doing, you can do the bro science bent over row, or you can do the um, like the front lever row on bar. All the ponds and lakes are frozen then. <sighs> Yes, you could. Row nice. Yeah. I don't think cruise ships are running either, so you could row on a ship and try and do it that way. Yeah, so the rowing will, will really help on that. Yeah, I can see that. that. Especially that if you spend a lot of time like in this position playing the cyberpunks. Yes. Is that how you play? I bet. Uh, I switch. I can't play in the same position anymore, so it's, it's like this, or it's like, like this now. Lean back. So oh, wow. up TV. I've never been able to lean back on my couch and play video games before, but the TV is always yeah, too far. Yeah, having a big TV, it's like, kind of nice. But I, I only much. last so long until like stuff starts happening, and then I'm like, and you got to get serious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, way. I just feel like I have too much self respect to to sit in a couch like that. There's one guy I saw a really chunky guy. He was able to rest his hands on his gut. Oh yeah, that on that controller. It, that sounds pretty. It sounds so nice, man. Because no, like half the battle, like people Snacks, always shows maybe. like play or TV only shows people playing video games like this, and like, like you just have to car. have your elbows on something. You gotta have some sort of place, right? yeah. So, I think kids playing video games like that, like this, like this, like where they hold it in front of their face and there's the amateur, yeah, yeah. 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 It's First like, timer. Models paid to play video game players. Not they're just like they're just doing this mm -hmm. on the controller in the movie. Yeah, we all know. We all know. We can tell. Yeah, yeah. can't fake like that. Someone doing code with their index fingers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. Let me code this up. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the screen just like stuff just flying. That's pretty good. That is good. So we've got the cyberpunk is out. Yes, finally, long-awaited. Long-awaited. Eight, eight years, although admittedly, when I first heard about it, it wasn't really on my radar eight years ago. Oh, really? I like it. I heard about it, and I was like, ah, that looks cool, but then there were, like, no release date, so mm -hmm. I was like, all right. 
Yeah, I don't think I heard about it. Actually, eight years years ago, it would have been almost as old as Outrun. It would have. The original. The OG. Yeah. The original Journey. The first step. The first Loveland. The first location. Back in the the Apex days. Yeah, there is a good parallel. And to to be honest, that was also the year that um, we did our first uh, Retro Future t-shirt design. Of which... There was only one. Oh, you did made. your little your little Miami Vice tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you remember <laughs> oh, yeah. that. Because yep. I knew I was like, this feels so cool. I oh. want to do this, and I did. I still have that tank. I still wear it sometimes. Yeah, I remember that. but I probably need to take a picture of it just to show like, but was in the door back then. Yeah, I do remember that tee because I remember seeing that and I was like, hey, that's a cool tee. And then Travis was like, yeah, I made it for myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Apex Loveland, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was the Loveland location, and I, uh, um, I remember actually buying, making it oversized. So I bought like a double XL tank, and I did it on like Cafe Press, and yeah. and just did one. And I didn't do more because I didn't want permission. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to do a whole thing about like yeah. I just want to do my design. I think sometimes we come up with really good designs like that here. Like someone will just make one, and everybody's like, "Actually, that's really cool." But you know, if there was dialogue around it, it would just be yes torn apart mm-hmm. yeah yeah the, that's what i like about the design is that there's room for quite a variety of design and uh, merchandise options mm-hmm. i feel like you know the super future uh makes sense i feel like that's uh one of jesse's new shirts that's coming out right where it's more cyber future I yeah feel like. cyber and then there's future, like then there's cyberpunk and there's Blade Tech Runner, more. which mm-hmm. feel more retro future to me. Like if your future has buttons in it, it's not a real future. It's not. It's not the realistic future. We already have cars mm-hmm. that have one button in them. So. So you don't like any analog? But no, you're... I love buttons. Justin loves buttons. <laughs> I was. Like, I was mad when iPhone took away the home button. So. I feel like cyber hipster would definitely have a lot of buttons. It'd be like click, yeah. click, click, click. I would love it. Well, that's why Justin picked the the, the Nomad. Yeah, like backstory in cyberpunk. Oh, I picked the like, yeah, dirty the... nerd. Because you want like an El Camino oh. with the back to the future. Oh yes, I do love the yeah. like all with a turret. all terrain future vehicles. I think they're cool. That's pretty cool. The, like yeah. desert. Folk. But I like buttons. So like retro future, like Blade Runner was like that too. Mm-hmm. Where this is like, it's like steam. Things were still mechanical, mm-hmm. and uh, they weren't total. Uh, I feel like when you watch the new like dystopian movies like hunger games or maze runner or whatever they have the like super dystopian future setting utopia future mm-hmm. maybe i feel like it's everything's like, like hud it's so clean yeah. but i, I do yeah like but then in Blade three runner years style. it looks like trash because it's representative of the time that's why yeah. it's like this is why jurassic park still works yep real dinosaurs real they dinosaurs they built those machines. They built those yeah, dinosaurs. And that wild. makes it cool. This is why I still like the like the Ninja Turtles one and two. Three. Mm-hmm. But one and two. Like it just feels gritty and real. Like people had the costumes. Like, so, yeah, yeah, it was a real person in there. They didn't like do stop motion or any sort of like CGI capture. Right. So stuff just becomes kind of dated as soon as like our expectations around the CGI changes mm-hmm. and whatnot. And that's why I think retro future is such a lasting genre because it's like what people could do with the time about to explain what they thought the future was going to be like and it's that expectation and sort of like kind of the guessing game of did they get any of it right yeah it's kind of fun i mean you go back and you watch the i think that good examples of this would be like star trek next generation they did all the panels like touching panels right everything's very there's no there's no those mechanics that you're looking for but the og star trek like yeah. that's a lot of like <laughs> beep, 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 beep. and then if you look at the new ones they did a good job of making those still look fun but had to take a contemporary approach because this the new ones are still very analog yeah it's kind of weird because spacex did we all saw the cockpit from spacex right mm-hmm. uh, yeah and it yeah. was yeah i thought they were gonna have some buttons but i didn't see Mm-mm. it's like a tesla buttons. that was like i think they're intentionally doing screens that. on there that was it's like a cool. tesla like my yeah. tesla has the screen and that's it I mean, if you oh, yeah. there's some dials on that on the, on the oh, wheel. Yeah, wheel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you think about it though, it's it's far more efficient to have a oh, yeah. touch screen display because it can change, right? 
So buttons are always going to be buttons. And if you're a real crafty engineer, you could maybe make the button that switches purposes when you're in a different mode, right? Like in sports mode, Mm -hmm. this button now does something else. Um, But that's typically bad UI Mm -hmm. to like Mm -hmm. change up what a historically what a button used to be. And Mm -hmm. now it's something else is like pretty bad UI. Yeah, there's Um, a language in there for sure. So, but a touchscreen, right? Like once you go into sports mode, the whole display can change and all the buttons can like be new things now and they look differently and they have new shapes. And so you have one display and it can be thousands of buttons as opposed to one display and you have a, you know, 10 by four grid of buttons. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think you'll see airplanes until I think airplane industry, I'm sure has tons and tons of restrictions on like Mm -hmm. when they can change things, but they have, I mean, the cockpit's just like, so many buttons, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like you're in space and like all the stars are staring at you and blinking at you and those are all buttons. And I'm like, that seems incredibly inefficient. Yeah. When you could have like a display that then just shifts when you need it to. But if that yep. display dies, then, then everybody yeah. dies. Mm-hmm. So I can see why they're like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've had my display die in my Tesla before. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So you have to Pretty, take it out? Now, so, no, it's just kind of like software, right? Yep. So there's like a, there there must be several layers of redundancy as far as like the vehicle operating system goes, because like sometimes the through heat or cold or just uh, not updating my software, like stuff will just go bump. And then like, yeah, and then the turn signal noise like won't even make a noise. And so, but, but everything operates normally mm-hmm. and you still can operate and the turn signal turns on, it's really turning on, you just don't have the audible feedback and stuff. So it gets a little weird. Um, but it seems like there are these there's like the operating system that handles the vehicle's mechanics and then there's the operating system that handles the ui experience when you're when you're doing yeah you're doing it so you know plane that might be a scenario where it's like oh you guys the freaking screens out and then the plane's just flying itself or something i don't know yeah i mean the majority of <laughs> doesn't the, the majority of the flight is autopilot right like once they hit altitude it's just like and then oh, yeah, the plane does it for, right? for eight hours and then i think landings they like by law, I have to have like They're like you're have to with it, but I don't know if you're actually on the landings. I don't know if you're actually doing that much. I mean, you have to have hands on. The, I don't know. I'm not a pilot. Yeah, we have to make stuff up at this point. <laughs> my car won't stop me from drifting out of the lane unless it feels my hands on the wheel. So, oh really? So I think that's a rule. Yeah. Like it does a little steering wheel. Yeah, like thing. if I if I if I let go of the wheel and I it'll enter a curve, it'll 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 notify me, but it won't fix it for me. Really? But if I have my hands on there, it'll adjust it. For That's me. the time you need. That's it. Nice. I, I, it's this is I a feel. classic. I don't like, quite get it. Watch. I think it's a law. No, no. Right. The only reason. No. Like, no, I'm sure. I'm certain there is some liability that they have yeah. because they're like, oh, because otherwise Justin will be over here like, hey, check this out. <laughs> the same. So let his hands doing. off. Yep. And then and then it'll be like oh correct and then Justin's like see I do have auto drive features and then he like crashes and then Volvo's like yeah. you idiot that's supposed to keep you alive. This is just what happens when traditional companies and automakers try to like do something that someone else is doing. In my opinion, it's like they always just fall short, right? It's like they're I've had this experience. Yeah, they many. don't want to break tradition, and they see someone who who has done it, and they're like we'll get. Right up next to that. And, and then they stop the just thing. right it's, beforehand. Yeah. It's kind of clever, though. I mean, if, if they're hedging their bet, right? Because if they have some people in R&D making the software for that, and then if it does end up being the thing that everybody wants, they're like, ah, well, we at least have a couple years worth of R&D already in that project, so we can pivot. It's pretty smart. But yeah, it ends up just being a... I think it's some old product guy who's like, you can't do that because then... If you're doing that, then the consumer will expect that it will always be there. Whereas Tesla is just like, you know, guys want to give this a shot, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because mine does it sometimes. Like my, if I take my hands off the wheel and you can watch it, it will, it will autocorrect. Uh, especially when, when oh, lines on the road. did you download that, the auto drive update? I, I, I have it. it. Was like, it was like, what, like five grand? No, I didn't pay for that. They have some safety features that just that do come standard. standard. Yeah, so like if I take my hand off the wheel, it will go, it will go like beep 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 beep, and then the screen will flash blue, and then it'll be like take control, take control, and if you don't, it slows the vehicle down to a stop, and then turns the hazard lights on. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they're like this dude just passed out. Yeah. Yeah. 
because yeah. he was drifting them G's, couldn't handle it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the sleeping. I think probably what helped me the most is sleeping. Yeah. Like on the interstate or whatever. And it, when it doesn't matter, like even if you have your hands on the wheel and you start to drift, it'll pull it back even against your sort of, yeah. like it'll tug like yeah. this, right? Huh. Yeah, and so yours is completely pointless. Yeah. Well, it's nice <laughs> if you're like, if you're just uh, not paying attention. Yeah, you're looking over your shoulder and uh, then the road that like, curves a little bit and it'll just be like, eh, it'll just nudge and you. Refocus your yeah. attention. And then in Tesla, you have three sensitivity settings that can that can be either really strict on you or not. And I have my sensitivity settings turned up because I thought I wanted the most safety. But actually, it's super annoying because I'll be driving and I'll be looking and I'll just move a little bit towards the line. I'll be like, and I'll be like, oh, give me. If you don't drive like perfectly right down the yeah. center, it just gets on you. Yeah. So I've, I've I turned the sensitivity down quite a bit, which I think helps the response. My my yeah. scooter has no auto drive features, guys. I was no. just pulling out of my neighborhood. Pure and, analog. And my back back end of my tire just. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, you kind of like that though. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm low to the ground, so it's not like anything happens if I fall. Yeah, and it's not like Hurts super heavy. Ego. You can't just be like, eh. Yeah. That's the great thing. Like last year when, when we had that big heavy snowstorm, um, I was working up front and a couple of our longtime parents um, were in and they had like a big old truck because it was a huge snowstorm. And they were like, I don't see a car out there. Are you? And I was like, oh yeah, I got my scooter's parked on the other side of the building. They're like, do you just want to ride? And I was like, no, I'm, I was like, no, I'm super excited to ride in this weather. I like riding yeah. in like deep snow because with the scooter weighing only like 250 300 pounds it's like when it starts to slide it literally just picks the thing up and fix it you know <laughs> yeah, so it's like if it if it pitches over i literally just put my foot down and i just hmm. whereas like a big bike you can you're going down with it and you're gonna have to freaking do the like back deadlift thing which is super annoying but the little scooter's nice yeah it's fun yeah, i agree for sure the uh so the yeah so for the outrun brand like this was sort of the story, right? So we're just as interested in, in many ways as technology and the advancement of experience of technology in the brand and sort of like um, understanding that that is something we wanted to come out. So the logo does look pretty cyber, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, there was some influence, um, but really we went with uh, something that was a little more flexible. I think it's not as, uh, um, because the logo shape is so good and because our designer james white which you guys can check out he's um very famous designer especially probably pretty much the leader and inventor of the aesthetic that we see presenting now um the outrun aesthetic and and he was the first to sort of merge some of these more like like contemporary future visions with sort of the retro style um, style it's a very very tough thing to get done right and tastefully and so I think that, you know, just throwing like old video game imagery was not enough for, for us. We wanted it to be uniquely our own and have our own character in it. And the logo looked like something that you might want to climb or run and jump on, but then also be edgy in future, but have the um, uh, old school flavor. And, and we nodded that with the gradients. That's, a, that's something that we like to see. Yeah, the chrome <laughs> and the gradients for sure. Do you like gradients? It's just not. Gradients are yes, so tough. They are can't so print them tough to print. On anything oh but man, paper. I did not realize that uh, going into the the um, the design work. But, yeah, but it still looks. I mean, we made it so that it looked good just on, on a solid color. But the gradients, what we were really excited about, and especially even like the one that we're looking at right here that's behind us, mm-hmm. the the grain inside there is actually very hard for printers to handle. Very yeah. hard. Yeah, because we do have some sort of like splatter and that was sort of like that that i don't know if they can see it. yeah they can they can't see it but if you look really close <laughs> to the logo like some what? of the yeah, yeah they can see that the yeah. built-out ones have a little bit uh, of travis like, is touching the banner on the wall actually like, the other thing that, thing that i didn't realize watch on youtube guys come was on that you can't stitch it so yeah and you also can't uh fill it with ink so our bands can't have uh ink fill on gradient either so it's just like there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things in it. Yeah, but what it, it does really do be well is light, which is the main reason that I feel like uh, we went with the neon. Uh, oh, did I, can I spell that? Yeah. Okay. Sure. The neon uh, design aesthetic vibe. that we're yeah. going vibe for. 
that all right the light that we'll have in the gym will be very gradient-esque and we'll have mm -hmm. several options where we have gradient lights uh fading into another neon color so that's where we got it right yeah the which i demoed on or we did a teaser for on instagram yeah, if you're wondering what i'm talking about instagram and also the web page has some teaser um imagery of the inside the yeah on the uh on the season pass site there's actually you have a little screenshot mm -hmm. Of, of some of the mock-up, the 3D renders of, of the facility, if you kind of want to sneak peek on that, it's pretty cool. Um, which is a nice looking page, by the way. Yeah. I think I told you that, right? Yeah, yeah it's not page. it's not bad. And I think that it just because we've started to build a solid foundation of like what our colors are and we're gonna know ourselves in the branding, it's becoming easier to make those selections. When you just kind of throw together everything you think looks good in the moment, and it doesn't have sort of an underlying like tone to it, that's really what we wanted to achieve with with the brand stuff too. we want the gym to feel that way too um, mm -hmm. we love other parkour gyms but we just want it to feel like our own and our own expression of that so when people can come in they can get a different experience and it's not go to a new town go train in a new place and every place sort of has that same you know, when i feel of, like we've as a as a like an industry parkour has always because it's been so young and it's still very young true. um but because it's so young we've always had to cater to what the third party views in want, right? Um, so rather than be able to design a facility that actually matches like what parkour people feel and love, have their aesthetic, we've always had to kind of have maybe 30% to 50% of your like facility designed to draw in other people, right? That's where they had, like you see a lot, you saw a lot of early parkour gyms that had like big trampolines, which is not a thing we use in parkour, mm -hmm. right? They had mm -hmm. um, like, ninja warrior obstacles like a warp wall or a salmon ladder which are not things that parkour people really care about um and we had to do these things to draw in other people to like be catchy and yeah and it was uh, right? it was requested quite a bit yeah it's died down quite a bit i, I haven't gotten a request for a warp wall and well that's what i mean is like is like now now with Travis? Design, you get them mm -hmm. no i haven't even gotten the request for the bolt that we tore out Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah, another true. one. It's like right. It's like foam pit and stuff like that. And those are. I'm not saying those things like they should never exist. I just saying that like those are things that maybe should exist outside of a parkour gym because yeah. it's not inherently parkour. Um, but I think now that parkour is is grown and you have things like World Chase Tag that are on national television, global television, actually, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you have parkour gyms that are actually robust and and well known brands and developed. They can do things that are uniquely theirs and i think that's what we're trying to do with with our facility right is like we're not we don't have a warp wall in there because a hundred percent of what's going in that space is stuff that we want in that space there's nothing that we're like oh we gotta have that because that's just what you know draws people in we're like no we want to have that because that's what makes our facility better and more true to outrun and i think that's cool mm -hmm. are you guys how are we are we like a hundred percent done on the floor layout for those listening i i don't i don't do any of the like 3d the floor stuff um because i complicate things when i do um so i let yeah Justin and there's Travis a bar that's that. 20 feet high just is like oh uh, you think maybe it could be a little bit higher wider wider i wanted a wider for a full swing because there's there's two bars six foot and there's six foot in between and you can't get a full swing We're like oh jesse's gonna love these bars they're 20 feet high <laughs> Can, can you just make it so I can do a cast up there? Yeah, I would love to cast on that bar. <laughs> just a full swing? It doesn't have to be a cast? Yikes. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. So, so, yeah, for those of you uh, listening and, and that don't know the division of labor that we have on this project, <laughs> the the floor layout is not <laughs> it's not my project. Um, and I try and avoid voicing my opinion on it because I just complicate it. But, yeah, uh, where are you guys at on that? You, it's you like you're 99 percent done yeah oh you're right up, maybe i'd say it's 90. oh who's complicating we it have, now oh, well we have one one obstacle that's two done. we're done this week and i didn't see i haven't seen the latest cut but i haven't i didn't see the that corner um back by the uh oh you side. haven't seen that yet no so oh, you have to show yeah. me afterwards oh, okay so some of the stuff that we can I talk about that about the att attention is that the gym is intended to have a sort of future vision of parkour in obstacles and we're trying to do our best to take away some of the more traditional shapes that we've seen or at least rehash them in a way that's 
not easily recognizable, but fun to explore. Yeah, but Especially, also still teachable, right? That's, absolutely. That's, that's where the, us, I think if, you know, we've joked about this too. Actually, we have an episode earlier where we were talking about like, if you had a facility or a warehouse that was just for you, what would it look like, right? And that's, I think the aesthetic is going to look in, in all three of our personal units, if you would, would look what it's going to look like in here, except the location and maybe heights and mm-hmm. distances would be different because it's going to be for a higher level athlete. But I think it's super cool from what I've seen of the designs that you guys have managed to make a facility that looks so inviting and exciting as a longtime athlete like myself, who's like, I want to get in there. I want to play on this stuff, but also still highly utilized for teaching. Right. It's not like if you take a kid outside to just a bar, so you're like, I can't teach him here because he's going to get hurt, he or she. Right. But in the facility that you guys have made, it's very easy to scale things up or down for all levels of students mm-hmm. while still being exciting and engaging to look at. And that's, super- and that's the tough part about the UI of the gym or the UX of the gym is <laughs> the is that you. Yeah, you're you. It is very you can make a cool design or you can make a teachable design. Finding harmony for that it is very tough. Hard. That's where it takes competence and experience and a vision and ability. And that's why we, if, if people don't know, we'll, we'll share more of uh, you know, who our partners in design are on this. But um, that's why we had you know, Mikkel, our architect from uh, Denmark, from Copenhagen specifically, who'd um, done work on other well-known um, facilities uh, um, BGI, right? BGI, yeah. BGI. So if you guys have seen that massive concrete thing in uh, <laughs> yeah, mega structure, uh, indoor outdoor parkour gym, mm-hmm. only colors gray, and then the foam pits like bright orange. It's mm. very striking. Yeah, it's hard to miss once you run across it. Yeah, and so having him work on this project has made everything like super tasteful. And then also um, with the uh, retro future theme of the brand we're trying to incorporate as much of sort of like brutalist shapes like modern brutalist shapes and brutalist architecture is something that has influenced parkour um, since its inception um, the early founders were training on brutalist architecture and a lot of the shapes everything from like the uh, van power to um, apartments and stuff that we would see early on in parkour videos is all brutalist architecture there was these temps in, in France and the UK at public housing, which a lot of people who were just trying to train and in these urban environments and be seen in, you know, in their own way had to, had to use features like this. So we're trying to bring that in because we realize that there is an indoor outdoor sort of like relationship there without just straight up. And there's nothing wrong with this, but we didn't want to straight up just take parts of um, parkour history or parts on the outside and, and try and mirror them directly inside the gym it's a bit more agnostic when it comes to that it's also just not true to like parkour nature right like parkour is not about just like like uh breaking is it's like that's biting right it's to be like oh i'm gonna take this exact same thing and just and then copy the exact same moves on Mm -hmm. that right it's always about like taking something and adding your own or injecting your own piece and i think that applies even to the the architectural design of your facility and we have some facilities on a global scale that have done that, have taken key, like, um, like, you know, the IMAX gap or, or like stuff like that. The and they, bar set. And they've, yeah. yeah, or they've replicated that in their Rip. gym. And I think that's super cool, but they've always backed it up to their own structures, mm-hmm. right? So even though you may have the same look and the same feel and be able to do the same moves, there's always additional stuff surrounding it. So you can always add on to it in a unique way. What was Oleg's uh, video that had the bar set in it? Uh, time. Running out of time? Is it out of time? Yeah, that's right. It was like a nine minute video. It was like the first parkour video that was like that long. Mm. Because Mm -hmm. back then there wasn't YouTube, so you couldn't stream. You had to download it. So longer videos were a pain in the butt. Mm. Um, And that was, yeah, I remember that one being like nine minutes long and watching the whole thing and loving every minute of it. Yeah, because Alex um, had a very stylistic approach to to training. Yeah. And so Tempest, um, and I think that's in the South Bay location, Rest in peace, which is going. Is it South Bay or is it Valley? The, or the Valley, the Oleg yeah. one, the bar set. Whichever one's closing, I'm pretty sure is yeah. in the. Yeah, it's South the... South Bay is the one that's that's unfortunately closing doors. So I don't. I think it might be in that one. Yeah, I think it's too. Hmm. 
Um, but they redid that bar set out of that video, and it's just uh, a great way to sort of transfer culture and stuff in. Um, and they've done a couple of those things where they've taken like the plane from like the videos that they've done in the past and put it yep. in their gym. So that's so those I think that's done pretty tastefully. We always like to do things differently. We always think we can do things better and um, and continuously improve like that. So our stuff is always has to be, I feel like unique. Like that's, if something looks, we have a natural sensitivity to, to I guess what you would call biting, right? From B-Boy where, where we're sort of taking too much from exactly something else and not sort of adding our own flavor to it. Um, and I think that's just <clears throat> our own artistic opportunities that we, we don't want to miss out on, right? Yeah. Yeah, our, the new gym design is very abstract. It's going to be, yeah, quite the experience going in there and seeing how we move on it. And it was, uh, it's the creativity from Michaelis is pretty impressive because at this point I've spent the last five years looking at gym inspiration and it's, uh, it's pretty clear when, uh, we design it ourselves, we design things in grids as parkour athletes Mm -hmm. and, and designers. I feel like we might be seeing the world as a grid like that. I feel like a lot of our lines are linear and, uh, or horizontal lateral. So when we think about things, it ends or when we design things in the way that we train them, it ends up being very uh, like two dimensional. And we see that in our own gym right now is you either go forward or you go sideways on it. And then when we added Mikel in there, there's a lot of like uh, shortcuts, I feel like in there mm-hmm. where we're going across the diagonal or something slices through the middle of something at a 45 degree angle. And uh, there's just stuff like that where it's, it feels simple once you say it. But like when you're I feel like there's such a block when designing gyms. At least for me, when I was, uh, when I because we've done designs, I don't know how many we, redesigns we've done. Six or seven. This and then this will be the fourth um, location. Yeah, but we've redesigned several each times. facility yeah. we've been in at least once or twice. Yeah, this one's gone through at least three major, at least three complete. major changes. Yeah, complete changes, and that's also not typical too. If you it hurts me to think about. <laughs> if you go in most gyms, yeah, it is a lot of pain. <laughs> but we learned a lot. Um, if you go in most gyms, and it'll pretty much stay the same. I mean, most of the gyms that I've been in and out of over the last eight years have stayed pretty similar. They're still, or at least, well, they always they'll add just, on, right? But like when we would do our stuff, and we'll definitely add on still. But we did entire remodels. Mm-hmm. Like we pulled pretty everything much everything out. out of the floor, moved it, scrapped it, yeah. built something new out of it, put it back together. The big thing is we just keep a lot of floor space open in our concepts. Like there, you generally can walk from one side of the gym and around obstacles. And whereas a lot of parkour gyms, it, there is a, what we call them boats, right? The foam pit boat, where it's like a mega structure and things are built off of that. And mm-hmm. to get from one side of the gym, you really have to go over it or you have to climb through it. But we ended up, we've always kept a lot of floor space on our gym. That's what happens when you don't have a mm-hmm. bigger than 5K square feet. You and generally need to it also happens because I think when, when teaching new parkour athletes, you, you have to teach in straight or lateral patterns, right? And they need to be on the same level. So even though parkour operates in three dimensions, right? Like we want to be, when, when you're an athlete or when you're out there actually training, you're, you're moving in all sorts of directions that, you know, are not on the same plane but when you're teaching you have to teach on the same plane so we've always wanted to maintain floor space so that it's easier to teach because if you have stuff super cluttered not only is it hard to teach people basics and fundamentals but also your hazards when they fall mm-hmm. are a lot higher if they're you know practicing vaults and then they trip and they fall down three stairs yep. and then mm-hmm. hit a, a drop you know yep. so it's a it's a tough line to to draw. Oh, yeah. That's what sure. I was saying. I, I, uh, it, yeah, it was just to tough draw. to design outside of those, those boundaries. So it was very, uh, it's, it's very eye-opening to have Mikhail design some stuff for us. Yeah. Because we, we have simple things that we need to feed. We need a slanted wall to wall run. Mm-hmm. And then what he comes up with, because he doesn't want to create the wall runs that we have here. Uh, and so he comes up with his own uh, interpretations of them. And it is... Uh, yeah, it's they're going to be very exciting. And we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see if we can get contractors to actually build it. Um, the <laughs> yeah. wow. yes, it's like one challenge you complete and you get so excited for, it and then you're like, oh man, dang it! That's why we didn't design it that way in the past because we didn't know how to build it. <laughs> yeah, or you don't see it. It's so cool though. The shapes, like so many things, have been reimagined. Just the slant wall. Yeah, there's three or four 
reimaginations of a slant wall yep. in this new gym. And I just don't know yet, as I look at the designs that we have now, if there was really any particular element that still exists, like you would see in another in another gym, or even at least, at least in our current yeah. space, there's yeah. maybe some nods to it, but just some of the themes, the way that we've woven in the architectural um, interests is pretty cool. Um, the other thing I'd say that's, that's unique about this gym, or is uniquely difficult, is that the uh, gym itself, the how how much opportunity there is condensed into smaller square footage so one of them when we looked at gyms um early on and our experience we found that there were gyms that had a lot of square footage and unfortunately that's hurting a lot of gyms right now mm-hmm. having a lot of overhead a lot of square footage and in this day and age occupancy is what you depend on in order to keep your business thriving and we've always sort of been just crammed into a little bit smaller space than we would have liked but it's forced us to be to do a lot with less square footage. So this this new gym is pretty, you know, boutique, um, bespoke parkour. It's not it's not a massive floor plan. No. But the density is so interesting. Like even so, we have a pit. Um, it's not a traditional pit. So, uh, you know, it's it's still. <laughs> I think Justin spoiled it already. You already spoiled it. I don't think, think I did. Yeah, I think he spoiled I, it a long dude, time ago. Well, well, no. I just don't call it a pit. Yeah, he did. So we have a pit. The pit is in ground. That's not. That's not too much of a spoiler alert. It is in ground, and we've just looked at sort of the corners and the uses. So instead of having this massive like open pit, there are all sorts of adaptations around it to make it more useful. Like one of the corners eats significantly into sort of the main foot traffic area of the center of the of the gym so we had this cool idea to sort of like build something over that corner so that that corner could still be usable on the inside of the pit if you needed it but on the outside of the pit there's shapes for like taps and redirection and so the energy of the gym when you look at it seems a bit shielded and redirected but you still get both the square footage for the pit itself and an opportunity to sort of train along and it's just it's very like baked in versus and a lot of times we had to deal with the pits they are highly invasive to the nature of the gym like they, they don't be, yeah, yeah they they're, they can be very invasive there's like and then we have to put this massive you know yeah chunk above ground typically mm-hmm. um in there but there's so many layers well and i i think the big thing too about a pit is that it's always it's always an isolation tool right it's, and since parkour is all about connecting things, and even though we teach a skill and then another skill, and then we, you know, have our students put them together and then eventually kind of, you know, improv their way through the facility, a pit can always only be, you can't integrate in a pit, right? Like you can maybe take two flips together and put yeah. them together and do like a suit or something like that. Mm-hmm. But even then, that's a suit is a singular move, mm-hmm. right? It's really just two different moves that you put together and now they're one. But so it's like that's always been a tough balance of like how do you insert this tool that is a really great teaching tool that doesn't fit the entire nature of the sport right yeah and i think that this is uh and justin you can talk a little bit about this but this feels like a happy marriage of the tool and what we do like i don't feel like there's things we're putting in this design that we wouldn't choose to otherwise right in yeah. the past, it's felt like we've had to have some like pits or something more like even the air track in the beginning felt kind of gimmicky, right? Um, but now we understand that we probably don't need one as big, but there's there could be some value to, to teaching on that. Um, so talk about that. Do you feel? Yeah, like- I feel well. It's funny because we we still have a boat like this, but instead of the foam pit being the defining feature, it actually ended up being the employee break room. That, like, <laughs> So it's like there is a, I, in my in my opinion, that is a greater purpose for a, a boat is to have an area for the employees to, you know, call their own and make the gym a little bit of their home and to do stuff, you know, homework or retreat to retreat from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's the bigger part of it, and that's always my least favorite part. But now it's it serves pretty good purposes in my opinion. You got people teaching on top of it. It's a it's a pretty. Um, basic setup on top and then below it is is in my eyes very useful and then the foam 
Uh, I'm going to say foam pit. The foam pit that we have, or foam Just pit alternative. Pit. The pit. The pit. The pit. Uh, the foam pit. It's not <laughs> foam. There's, there might be foam, like, lining it. <laughs> uh, is in the ground, and, and that, I feel like, is better, because uh, what I always liked about foam pits was that they simulated, like, gaps. And uh, if that you that you would really want to do in real life, but you would never do because the consequence is so high. Mm. So, you know, we had that ledge run in our current pit where you run along the wall, and it's, our current pit was 20 feet wide, and so simulating stuff like that is tough on the ground because mm-hmm. you just you need that little bit of height and you need to be able to fall and not fall on concrete or, or rubber mats so that's what i really liked about uh foam pits in terms of parkour is that there was something to jump over that if you fell it wasn't a big consequence so and now we have that yeah we said we actually have it all a lot better this time around it's because it has having it on the ground there's just something special about in my eyes, the ceiling being 30 feet above the pit now, and I'm very excited about that, as opposed to what we have right now, where the top of our foam pit was only 10 feet up to the ceiling, so you could swing on it. That well, was it's it's right been in. a while since we've done a, a ceiling drop. Yep. So it'll be nice to do a, a oh, ceiling yeah. drop in, in this location. Yeah. Travis is not excited. About Travis is not excited. Hey, you need to do the exterior jump with us? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I... So I've I mean, I'll do other ceiling uh, drop, too, the... I just uh, from the yeah. lower side. Huh? Oh no, we can't do it. No, you gotta do it over the pit. You gotta drag the man out from the garage. Your only option is over the pit. You have to climb up Jesse's um, twenty foot freaking uh, bar. Uh, yeah, bar. Star Wars antennas. <laughs> yes. To get to get up there, but yeah, that won't be a that probably won't be a feature that I would let anyone do yes <laughs> that's really more what i'm worried about is somebody coming in and be like i want to do the drop I'm like mm, there's not a waiver for that sorry no yeah. yes there's a separate waiver once you get past that viewing mezzanine <laughs> yeah but the facility I, i'm really excited to to actually get started on the facility yeah um, it feels like a lot i mean we have for those of you that are in fort collins and drip kind of have driven by the location before you um you've seen like the walls go up and we have siding up now on, yeah on, I think on the building up. for those of you that don't live in fort collins um it's a giant steel skeleton with siding on it now um which is really cool because so real. much of this project has been on paper and mm. not in reality and in meetings and up in the air and this ethereal thing and so now seeing it come together and and actually be a physical location is is super exciting, especially in a time where a lot of other businesses are, are struggling, mm-hmm. right? And and not to say that we don't have our own challenges as a business, but um, it's really cool to be to still be moving forward yeah. in this time and, and to be pushing for something that we've we've had on our you know our dream bucket for so long while it, other businesses are, are struggling. So it's also not been particularly popular in the parkour industry to be focused on business. And I think that this is just um, a uh, sort of example of like why that still matters, right? Mm-hmm. Because we took a hit just like everybody else, you know, on, and, and so that was not great. But um, because our focus is also on being like awesome at business, we we will be able to make it through this and actually still deliver something that's that's of value to people um when if it was when if business was a passive part of <laughs> of how content i don't know i mean yeah it seems very scary even if we were where we were two years ago and this would have happened yeah i think we've been we'd have been in a lot of trouble but we worked really hard on well and we we had a, a conversation early on too when you know and I guess it would be April, right? When we knew that like the lockdown and everything was going to be a lot longer than people had initially, you know, suspected, suspected um, as to whether or not we were going to continue pushing with this project. You know, we were like, well, things are a little bit risky. And I think we all knew that if we didn't, um, it we wouldn't, it wouldn't just be like a six month or a one year setback, right? Mm-hmm. With the way that, that Fort Collins real estate is, um, as a property owner, I, I don't like, um, <laughs> even though it does benefit me. Um, a lot of people struggle with Fort Collins real estate. I, I think there's some legislation that needs to be adjusted. Um, but we knew that like this was this was the last plot of dirt 
<laughs> in, in Fort Collins proper that that could support a project like this. And if we didn't push forward, we we were going to have to compromise down the road by buying a location that was already built and custom building like we normally do, as opposed to being able to build ground up and design um, like we have with this one. And I think I think we made the right choice, but that was still a very hard conversation, right? Like that was. Yeah, I think it's also courageous because um, the inclination when things tighten down like that is to sort of withdraw and go backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, when, and I think we just decided to work harder. And I don't think, yeah, yeah, and I don't think that that's a, for any business or business owner that, that maybe is listening, that's not, uh, being conservative with your business, not wanting to take a risk is an okay thing. Like if, if that supports your livelihood, you gotta do what you gotta do um, to keep paying your bills. But the nature of business is growth. And if you're not like, I'm gonna take a step back so that I have a running jump here rather than just to start walking again, right? If you're gonna take a step back as a business, you have to be like, okay, I'm gonna take this step back so that I can, so I, I have an added run up so that when it comes time, I'm leaping, mm-hmm. not running like I used to, right? Yeah, that needs, to, up, not that needs to be your approach. And I feel like when we had that conversation, we were like, we're already running where we've been running for a long time. It's like, it's time that we do a little bit of a jump now. Um, Cause we've always, in every location, we've been like, let's do this. And then we're like, no, let's take a step back. Let's make it, you know, it's better for this purpose so that later on we'll have a little bit of a springboard. So. Yeah. I also think it would be very tough as an individual to uh, like individual owner to find the motivation I think at times mm-hmm. you, there's just, you just got moments of weakness as an individual. Yeah. <laughs> I think it takes a very great, uh, a, 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 just another level of, of entrepreneurship to be able to do that by yourself. So, and I think those people are the people who are making these, these mega corps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> corpos. <laughs> corpos. Corpos. No, um, it's, it, it's right. So, so I do see it with those individual owners. Like I just have you know mad a certain empathy for and respect for because it's just doing it without the without you two guys. It would just it'd be a different story in my opinion for me. Yeah, we are definitely more of a team. I don't really have seen, and we've kind of been like that. I think there's not really ever been one person who is you know this the the star of the whole deal like it's just we've always seen more of a community and i just think like individuals can really inspire i really think that individuals yeah. can really inspire but it takes you know it takes a village to raise the community you know what i mean it takes it takes a team to really impact lasting change and legacy in my in my opinion because that's just how it gets actualized right if you imagine one individual who's just killing it right and they just do an awesome thing. like they can sort of set a vision and they can they can drive like that, but you don't really realize the change across um, you know a broader spectrum unless you have a team of people operating that way. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, like, oh, I got one person doing whatever whatever they think should be done. Well, that's fine. How many people do you have doing part of that, right, or half of that, or a quarter of that? I think that's I think that's something that we're pretty good at. Um, is and we have a we have a solid foundation for a really good team as well too. Mm-hmm. We do, and I I think on like we've all there well, there's all been moments for sure where one of us or two of us or even sometimes all three of us like <laughs> have not agreed right yeah um uh, sometimes vehemently sometimes just passively but it's very nice to know that if i wake up one day and i'm not in the work mood mm-hmm. or the passionate mood that I can lean on you to, to, to supply some of that energy for me, right? Like a vampire, just like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to borrow the some energy of your inspiration, right? <laughs> yeah, it does help. To, to keep pushing through. And yeah, if, if as a single owner, that would be very difficult to, to muster yeah. up that courage. In fact, the only thing that would muster is that I have to pay my bills, so I'm just going to have to grind through. But mm-hmm. that's not a happy way to think about things, right? Yeah. Like there's like, I, I want to do this because I'm excited and it'll pay my bills, right? And that's a happy way to like, to do work and then there's the sad way which is like i just have to do this and i never want to be in that position mm-hmm. um with this business so it's nice to have you too I, do you guys yeah. remember that that like death hike that carly and i did like mm-hmm. three years ago you know, I mean your engagement hike or yeah 
Uh, no, it was it was before that. It was it was yeah. the reason that we went back for that. Okay, um, like this. Is, so you have to set frame this up a little bit. So, as we, as so we, I think uh, this is yeah. This is Noku Craig's, four, right? This is, yeah, this is the Craig's. Um, maybe four years back. So Carly had booked like a yurt up in the mountains for my birthday. My birthday is in November, so it's it's not typically like crazy snowy on like in the front range, but in the mountains there's there's definitely a lot of snow. Noku Craig's is the is the scene from Lord of the Rings. It is, yeah. Like There's, this is it's not like spired mountain. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's super cool to go up. But anyway, so like uh, uh, the the yurt itself is three miles up off of like the highway. So you have to park on the side of the highway and you have to hike up to the yurt, right? And this is the first time we've ever been there. Um, and so we booked the date it's for my birthday for my birthday weekend. Um, and we drive up there. We had a bit of a late start getting up there for whatever reason, but we got there and there's a massive snowstorm blowing in like that night. We get up there, we can't find the trailhead because the storm's like all over the place, right? So we like pull into the ranger hat and we're like asking like, where's the trailhead for this? We gotta get up there. Like the sun's starting to set. Like we gotta get up there quick, right? Ranger's like, oh, it's over here. You guys passed it. You got to drive back. Um, but when you start the hike, it's going to be dark. So, like, you guys have to make a choice. We were like, well, we're not going to gamble with it. Um, let's just get a hotel room. We'll just hike up because we got it for two nights. We're like, we'll just hike up in the morning. Um, all the hotels in the region are booked. And the, the highway itself has now closed. So we can't even drive back home to Fort Collins or go forward to the next town. The section of road that we're in is literally just closed. <laughs> This one's closed. This one's closed. This so is like, Colorado problems. Uh, this is real. Like, and Texas so we're guy. like, uh, okay, um, maybe we sleep in the car, which um, for a lot of people that don't live in snowy weather, that's that's actually really risky to sleep in your car. A lot of people actually, we, we get probably somebody once a year in Colorado that dies from sleeping in their car because they're like, oh, it'll be warm. And cars get super cold and then you freeze to death and die in your car while sleeping. Um, we had sleeping bags and stuff. But we're like, all right, you know what? No, we just, we're just gonna have to hike it. We're just gonna have to go up there. Um, and the entire hike up, it's pitch black. Um, we have one lantern with four AA batteries in it um, because I'm an idiot and I didn't pack extra flashlights. Um, so we have one lantern. We're hiking up there with like snowshoes and all of our gear. Not like, even a headlamp, like a lantern, like- Nope, like, like legit, <laughs> like a lantern, like a like a Like Scrooge. little lantern. Like Scrooge, <laughs> yep. duck or whatever in the- Yep. Christmas special. Yeah, and, and the reason that I did that is because we were going to be in the yurt. That's my plan at night. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, normally you pack like camping, you pack a, like a ton of flashlights because you don't have any like any actual structures. Yeah. Um, and there was going to be like a big fire pit and all that stuff to provide light. So yeah, bad planning on my part. But anyway, so we're hiking up. It's pitch black by the time we find the trailhead um, and we're getting up there and it's in the middle of a snowstorm. We have snowshoes on. I have like two backpacks on and I'm carrying like my sleeping bag and it's like dry bag on the side and Carly's got her bag for hiking up there. But the entire time we're hiking up, I start, I'm like, maybe we should go back to the car. And she's like, no, we already dedicated. Let's do this. Oh minutes, wow. She pushed that. <laughs> 30 minutes later, 30 minutes later, Jesse says she's like, go back. she's like, actually, maybe you're right. We should go back. And I'm like, no, we chose this we're like at this point we're probably halfway up the trail there's no way to tell distance you can only see 10 feet ahead where the lantern's light goes um and so i'm like no let's just keep going like we know we're on the trail we'll run into the yurt the the ranger says the trail ends at the yurt so you like you can't miss the, the yurt unless you get off the trail which is covered with snow yeah and, and at this point yeah the snow's like this deep right like Several from feet. pack mm -hmm. um and so we have snowshoes, so we're on the top of the snow, so we're not like trudging through knee deep snow or anything like that. But it oscillates the entire time where we're both like, <laughs> she's like, maybe we should go back. And I'm like, no, let's just keep going. And then 30 minutes later, I'm like, maybe we should go back. And she's like, no, but we got to keep going. Um, eventually we make it to the yurt, uh, like cold and tired and sweaty and gross. And we just like light the fire and pass out after cooking some bacon and like downing a lot of moonshine. <laughs> to celebrate our survival but uh that long story short that's a lot how i view like the business relationship mm -hmm. sometimes right mm -hmm. is that yeah. like 
it doesn't matter in reality if you go back to the car and sleep in a sleeping bag. There's no, you won't die, you'll survive, you'll find another way to life. But you can, with the right like team, encourage each other when the other person's weak mm-hmm. to keep going to finally make it to that destination. And a lot of the times that can feel like a business partnership. It's, it's like, nah, man, like maybe we shouldn't do this thing. You know, like I'm worried about what's Scared. happening with mm-hmm. this, this is a big project. And I feel like, you know, we might be over leveraging in the middle of a pandemic. And then other people are like, no, like we've been pushing for this. We've been planning. Nothing's changed on the back end. Right. And that's, uh, that's always been heartening to both have that in my marriage and in my professional relationships. Yeah. So it's, this was definitely a, no, we cannot turn back kind of moment. I feel like for sure it's because we knew that we had to start looking for another location in the middle of this lease, which was, you know, two and a half years ago, right? right. Really three years ago, I think we, the conversation was like, all right, let's get moving. Uh, and so it just felt like, yeah, when April and March turned around, it was just like, there's no way we've already spent, it felt like two years trying to get this project. We had already failed twice or something like that mm-hmm. on purchasing the property. So yeah. this That's one, right. we knew had a good, a very good chance of making it through because we have a team that are on Timberline, uh, or not the, uh, the Timberline project guys. Uh, we knew that this one had a really good chance. And so if we let this one go, it was just back to another five-year lease in a place that's a place not that ideal for us. Be in. Yeah. And so there was just, we weren't going to give up on this one. This one spelled special, especially because we just changed the name to Outrun and we can't have a failure on Outrun's first <laughs> year. Like, like Outrun had to start off on this foot. And yeah. so, yeah. And, yeah. and, well, then, and it was part then, of the reason we like changed the name when we did yeah. was because we knew we had this project coming and it was going to add a lot of momentum to the brand. And yeah, that would be uh, bad news bears. Yeah. yeah. It's, and we're still up there. It's still like, it's not we're, getting we're, we're getting there. In the, like, we're trudging. We think we know where the year it is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's that's crazy. I, I agree. I think that you you know when you have a team that I think this is a lot of parkour uh, seems to be about becoming um, stronger. Like um, there's a there's a degree of that. I was recently rereading um, Julie Angel's book because we were talking about it last week around the history of parkour. And just there's a lot of like, like we do try to create movement um, inspiration for people and we try to make it a pleasant and homey experience. Um, But on the back end of that, as business owners and people on our own journeys, there's hardship to be endured, there's risk to be taken. You have to have guts to do a lot of what we're doing and you, you, you know, you have a, you're in the fight, you know what I mean? You're in the fray. And so I like it when on the front end, people are just like, things seem to be going okay. And on the back end, <laughs> you're just like slaying, right? Or you're really slaying these dragons. And it's sort of just like you're, it's, I don't think it's a facade. I think that that's, that's the appropriate. Like in the backyard, you're like slaying dragons and you come in, you wash up and you greet people at the front door <laughs> in your pajamas, that kind of thing. Maybe have some tea, right? You know, come have a cup of brevet. Like that sort of thing, I think I take pride in that. I take pride personally in, yeah, slaying sort of metaphorical dragons on the business back end. On the front end, people just see a bunch of kids and people having a good time. I think that takes strength. If, if it bleeds into everything, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't judge that, but it's just like, you know, hey, like that makes me feel good, right? Yeah. Being able to do that. And definitely Absolutely. having a team matters um, to get that done, otherwise. Yeah, single person, you can do it. You just go insane. Like I've had solo projects before and it just becomes every moment of doubt that you have or every mistake that you have goes unchecked and you just, right. It's the lone wolf life. It's very tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not easy. So, hey, thanks for being around guys. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel, I definitely feel like gratitude. I mean, it just, sometimes it's just a whim of whatever and you just feel <laughs> weak one day and then yeah. you look over and someone else is like, you know, getting a new member or like working really hard on a program or doing yeah. something and you see some progress and you're like, okay, cool. Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess either someone else has energy and yeah, I feel like that may be what you want to look for. If you guys are out there looking for business partners and stuff, you want to look for people who have, who are strong, who can stand on their own um they don't need to and then when you start compounding that um yeah that's that's a good thing to look for hard thing a hard thing to find right yeah 
Uh, yeah, easy thing to look for, hard thing to find. Yeah, uh-huh. could both be hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've made the mistakes before in those selections, <laughs> but yeah, this one was good. But a lot of that came from um, when I was looking at you guys when we were starting. I was looking at, because you guys are pretty young. Um, how old were you guys when Super. we started? When we started doing parkour, or started the business? Started the business. We started I was coaching. 19? I was, yeah, I was 19 or 20 when we started okay, coaching. 20. But then when we no, we started, yeah, we started the business on 19, you and I. And when we brought Travis on, I was 20. Because, yeah. no, I was 19 because we brought you on just before I met Carly. I met Carly when I was 20. I just turned 20. Oh, yeah, because I can remember you meeting her. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 19. 19, 20. This guy on. got in business about 19. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys are like, oh, he brought you on. Like, you think a 30-year-old wasn't looking hard? <laughs> yeah. So, no, I mean, yeah, I was. Yeah, and we had, right, I think we had, we, did we sign the lease but right before Travis? Or did we sign uh, we're, getting, yeah. we're getting ready to. So I remember yeah. you guys asking, at, we were asking for advice, and then it was your lease signing that compelled me to okay. try and buy into the yeah. company. And because I remember we were we were in a car and Jesse was like, should I just pay the full lease up front? And I was like, no, (laughs) no, probably shouldn't. It was so cheap. It was cheap. But that's that's why I remember this situation. I don't even know if that would have been a good or a bad decision. I mean, depending on what you're trying to do with your financials, it may have been a good decision. I'm just saying that's the conversation I remember, which leads me to believe, okay, you hadn't we hadn't gone in on that because when we actually signed and went in on the lease, in that location that's when i that's when i came on yeah because i remember that and then wanting to be involved in that first build was another reason that i really wanted to get in on yeah. loveland yeah that was a pretty good time i think that rent was 1700 it was 1700 1700 for i was pretty close to what we had here it was two well not really it was like two and a half right Anyways, yeah. yeah, I think it was twenty eight hundred was the official. Yeah. Insane. That's like a two bedroom apartment right now. <laughs> yeah. So the so the, yes, in, in the Fort Collins real estate scene has changed much, much, much change. Um, but when I was looking for for you guys, the the ability to already like do something matters so much. Like you guys have already done something. You had mm-hmm. a membership base. You'd shown that you could you could work that you could show up and operate independently again it's that can stand on your own two feet thing and you were at that point our own four feet our own (laughs) your own four feet right exactly and that had been my experience is that people who can like stand and do um stuff on their own um you can have you can definitely leverage relationships in a business to get people to fill like weaknesses um it just so happened that the chemistry worked out really well for for our different strengths and that's just luck in my opinion straight up luck yeah there's quite a bit of luck in that. Yeah. In terms of just like timing and But everybody had stuff to bring to the table, you know, whether whether it was experience and ambition and, and history and clout and effort and everybody had really a, you know, for our, our respective ages and arenas had very good resumes for coming together on stuff. And so that's what and I think also uniquely, you know, we had that relationship with Apex and there was and that's our where our lineage is drawn. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but we were very, we were fiercely independent, always yeah. problematically independent in some ways, right? <laughs> yeah. Fiercely wanting to reinvent the wheel. And part, I think that comes from a strong sense of ownership, which I think that people need to have with themselves and what they do. Like, this is my work. I'm going to do it and I'm going to kill it. And they do it because of, because of the nature of the work. And that's hard to find as well. I mean, I still teach. I still, you know, that's not, I don't think that's mandatory. I still teach classes. And work with with kids and adults and that's just part of the work and and i don't lose from that right so sometimes it's nice to like do those simple things again and be like ah this class yeah. has very little consequence right <laughs> this is a project i can do <laughs> that i can just have fun with uh-huh and it's there's not a lot of consequence on this one that is nice it's super true i observe that when i'm do mowing you, my lawn do you guys have any pictures of yeah, your, your your patch. Yes, my small, which was designed to patch. be easy to, yeah, just it's about that. You could do like maybe a little like tricking line in it, a little style line out there. Man. Go ahead. Uh, do you guys have a picture? I'm sure I do somewhere of the OG Loveland gym. Oh, of course. There's like a bunch I, on my Facebook keep showing up and I can. Like just a singular picture. Of the inside? Nice to contrast them, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I have clips yes. and mm-hmm. stuff and I think I have a picture 
somewhere, but we should find that. And then, we'll, and then when we do, yeah, the the Timberline location, we can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It'd be cool to have like a time lapse of all our builds too, but yeah, hindsight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, I have, a, I have images of it for sure, and video. So well, yeah. we'll uh, we'll maybe show that with your guys' with your guys' permission. So, but are we doing any more leaks of the? Of the we build? are. Yeah, I think we're gonna drip some more imagery and some mockups. We're making them really dark, yeah. so you can't quite figure out what's gonna what be if there. They turn the brightness up. Though? They would get a little better idea. But uh, Travis already posted a dated clip, so you know if you saw something in there that don't get too. That's true. Yeah, pictures. nothing, nothing is built yet. So yeah. like what you see in the pictures are, are just the the renderings, yep. and they have not been official. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the style is whatever we're trying to get you excited about, and the shapes. Some of the shapes are are still in there. They just yeah, huh. just their angles or positions may change a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, stay tuned for that. Yes. Yeah. And. Uh, Thanks for listening to us uh, talk a little bit about uh, our, our history and, and our design and our excitement on this new project. And thanks for being a part of it. And for uh, those of you that are watching us, um, you can listen to us on any of your major podcast platforms. Those of you that are listening to us, you can watch us and you can watch Travis rub the uh, Outrun banner earlier in the episode. Oh, Give it a rub. Yeah. Louder. So ASMR. Yeah, I get a little ASMR in there. Yeah, you guys can see that. You can see all this hot vampire banner action (laughs) (laughs) on the YouTube. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll catch you next time. She's so white. So white. (laughs)